When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is going on, everybody? I have uh, I have a bunch of stuff going on in my ears right now, but this is <laughs> this is Rob Coakley. Um, Eric, can you take over for one moment? Yes. yes. This is this is how it goes. By the way, you are like you think it's all going to be super easy and all rosy, and then. There's it's a 30 second intro clip and you're like, you're probably trying to share it on Twitter. You're probably trying to do this, that and the other thing as the thing is getting introed. And then the next thing you know, the intro video ends and you're like, oh, shit, my computer's not working or <laughs> my uh, I can't hear the other person. And there's really nothing. It's not like you can like help hit pause and re-record. You're just live. You're just live and you just have to kind of figure it out. Uh, so you get to see a little bit behind the curtain of sometimes what uh, what is a funny what is a funny process. But we are back, um, Spike Week football show. Where if you missed last week, we did kind of the first one of these, and uh, we're obviously going to continue to work our way through formatting and all that different stuff. But um, Rob at King Coakley is going to be hosting this show every Tuesday, hopefully around this time. I'm kind of going to leave that up. Leave that up to to him as shane says of course like like hit hit that like button subscribe all that good stuff but um football you know the nfl and in this insane game of best ball that we play and really just fantasy football in general has become it's a year-round game right i mean there's people um in in the spike week discord and plenty of other people that are that are you know, drafting on underdog for 2022 right now. Shoot, I I, I am too. Um, it's just kind of a year-round game. And so we wanted to put in a football and an NFL-focused show um, that just kind of goes year-round. So we'll definitely be talking plenty of just the latest news and rumors. And a lot of it will be obviously with a, with a fantasy spin, but just kind of talking football all year-round. And then, um, you know, Rob has tons of fun and, and sometimes maybe crazy ideas that that we will get into um but welcome back 
Rob. Welcome. Thanks. That was very, that, I've never had that happen before. So, um, yeah, today we are going to hit on some of the NFL news. I'm sure Eric said we're going to talk about some of these NFL head coaching changes that one particular thing is blowing my mind. How How is the enemy not a head coach yeah. right now? Yeah. And so so the, the Saints job is still open, right? That's the yeah. only one. That's the only one that's still open. No, they hired the they hired the DC. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. I missed that. Um yeah. All right. So, I, I saw that, but I missed it originally. So there's no head coaching jobs, and BNME still does not have a job, but Lovey Smith has a job. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love the new beard, Lovey Smith. It looks great. Yeah. You look you yeah. I mean, you look completely different, but I don't know how you're getting another shot. And the only thing I can think of with that, with that Houston situation is he's just setting up to be a fall guy for next year. And the, the best example I can give of that is, I don't know if you remember this a couple of years back, San Fran hired like their team janitor or something like that. (laughs) And everyone was like, what, why is this guy a head coach? And at the end of the year, they, they, they fired him and we, we knew it was coming. Um, so I just assume that they're like, all right, we know we're going to suck again this year. We don't want to, we don't want to set up whoever we really want to bring in for failure. So we're just going to give it lovey Smith and then we'll bring our guy in next year when we're a little more established or out of this Watson situation. And we, we have like a little bit more bearings on stuff. Yeah, I agree. Tom Sula will now forever be the janitor uh, to me. That's the new. That's the new Tom Sula nickname is the the janitor. But so explain this part to me. Maybe I'm just an an idiot. This this is what Jason says here is what I'm thinking. Didn't they just have the fall guy? Didn't they just have the guy that they didn't give a shit about as their yeah. head coach? Clearly, because he he actually did a deal. Like I, I'm not. I mean, I'm not saying he's even a great coach or whatever. But they were like competitive enough right right with a, a horrible team the team seemed to like him i guess I, I don't know but if you were just gonna do that why did they why did they even go through the process of hiring another guy maybe they didn't like what, what was his name uh dave uh i don't know this is not coaching name day the chat will figure it out for me but like what what was the point of firing him if they're gonna i agree with you but like what's what 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 are we jumping through all these hoops for yeah, I, I don't. I mean, so like my take on head coaches is if you're, <laughs> yeah, he out coach. He did out coach Zimmer in week one. It did happen. <laughs> but, but my take is like if you're taking, if you're hiring a guy that you want to, to run your organization, I think granted some like crazy like thing like they had with Joe Judge and the, with the Giants. You got to give this guy three years to rebuild the yeah. team, especially mm-hmm. a team like Houston, who we know they're not winning a Super Bowl next year. Um, you know, get freezing cold takes ready for this, but <laughs> but they're not winning a Super Bowl next year. So you you need a guy that you're like comfortable with that you're like, I'm gonna give him three years to prove that he's gonna be able to build this team up to at least hit playoff caliber levels. And right. I just think a lot of these teams are giving up on these coaches that they're hiring too soon or they're just hiring fall guys and Bietemi either has to be completely blowing these interviews or people are still scared still scared to give him a shot and to me you're like come on guys like he's an oc like 
what 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 happened with him was over 20 years ago at this point right. it's it's time to let this dude coach an NFL team he's he's proven that he can coach uh, he is it's such a tough deal with him because it it doesn't make any sense you know just like in a vacuum without any further con- knowing anything behind the behind the scenes of what's going on with him like like you said is he just a god awful interview Maybe, maybe like, you know, there's things that we obviously don't know. Something right. that I saw floated, I think, last offseason that kind of makes a little bit of sense to me is like a lot of these jobs, like maybe he just doesn't want them. Like he he is in the, he, he is in the dream spot other than being a head coach of a good team, right? He he almost like borderline runs the show with Andy Reid, and like he has Patrick Mahomes for his entire time that he's going to be, you know, with the chiefs moving forward, Tyreek Hill obviously will still be that right there. He's always going to be the head coach of an elite offense, even like once Kelsey's gone. And so unless the job that he like really wants opens up, like maybe he actually doesn't want these jobs. You know, I'm not saying that that's the case, but it could be a lot of different things. I'm just trying to explain away why one of the clearly most, uh, viable candidates for a head coaching job never ever never gets a head head coaching job and meanwhile the like like the Texans should hire him and just do exactly what he said dude you got six seven years to figure to turn this thing around start bringing in the guys that you think fit your system and just ride with him the other funny thing the only other thing that I was going to bring up that I was thinking about while you were saying that is isn't it funny that the teams that should give guys right like they uh, the Dolphins should have gave Flores more time Right. Right. He was already turning it around, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Never do it. They always fire him immediately. Yep. Like way too, way too early. And then the fucking bears will hold on to the absolute dead weight. Like everyone has known for years now, Matt Nagy was not it. It was a failed hire. Right. Joe judge, the giants came out and said, <laughs> we know that, that we made a mistake hiring this guy. He was, we want to, we want to get rid of him, but we're, we're, we might keep him because everybody is going to make us, you know, going to make fun of us basically is, is what they, is what they said. Like, that's how they think about these things. It's just so absolutely bizarre to me, which tells you a lot about some of these franchises. Well, to your point, the two teams in the Super Bowl this year were the Kings of that. The Rams would oh, yeah. fire Jeff Fisher. Um, <laughs> the Bengals, I mean, what were the Bengals doing for 14 years? You'd be like, all right, they're going to finally move on from this head coach. Marv Lewis is definitely gone. And two-year extension. And you're like, 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 what is Cincinnati? Like, if I was a Cincinnati fan, I would have been losing my mind for probably seven years over that. And and they would just extend them and your head would just explode. And you just, you would have no. Clue. Purgatory. It's purgatory. They were yeah. like they were actively, actively entering purgatory. <laughs> yeah. Purgatory. Yeah, like we're really gonna get through with this Marvin Lewis and Andy Dalton combo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and this is usually the biggest problem for NFL teams. And this is my biggest fear for New England right now, is Mac Jones being the purgatory quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like I am scared to death that this guy is gonna be just good enough to sign these extensions here and there. And they're going to be a 500 ball club yeah. and I, and we're just stuck with Kirk cousins and yep. you know, the, Kirk, the the Kirk, Kirk cousins is the purgatory. It's the same thing. He's the purgatory, yeah. purgatory quarterback. 
and I just like so I just don't I don't understand how Bianami doesn't get hired. He I think there was eight or nine jobs open this year. Um, I don't know. I uh, I honestly don't know the answer to this question. Do you? Silas asked. I love Bianami, but how involved is he in the offense? Andy Reid is still the offensive genius. From from my recollection, that it's not like just Andy Andy Reid, but I don't I don't definitely don't have the exactly breakdown of who does what. Well, it's it's time to find out. <clears throat> yeah, you true. have you you have to find out. Like you got to give this guy a chance. Maybe that is something that we don't know though. Maybe teams are are under the are pretty aware that it's like okay, Bianami's there, but it is all Andy Reid. Yeah. Um, you know. I mean, Kyle Shanahan's right-hand man just got hired and it, right. it is, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that uh, he didn't deserve that job. I actually think he did, but it, Kyle Shanahan is Kyle Shanahan. Like Kyle Shanahan yeah. calls the place. Kyle Shanahan is the man. He's the brain behind the operation. Now this, uh, God damn it. I can't remember what his name is. Mike uh, Dolphins. Head coach. It's like, it's like Mike. McDonald or something. McDaniel, yes, Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel. Which uh, we did the Flores thing last week, so we don't need to get too deep into this. But the the peak NFL was them trying to make him known as a minority uh, NFL <laughs> head coach because his mom's black, right? Um, yeah. And 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 but he looks like he looks like me, right? Like this pasty looking <laughs> white dude. Like you would never. And he's like super awkward and weird, right? He, he just seems like this nerdy oh, white dude. He, dude. He, he is he is so ready to fire stats at you. He just <laughs> he is he is ready to go. He is the quintessential Peter Overzet turning around in the middle of a heavy rap song and going, "Hey, everyone." Like he is. That is who that guy is. It's there's. That is the poster boy for that look. So, yeah. Yeah. So anybody that plays DFS, all I can think of is uh, like, imagine him on a show with Osimo. And those two, those two, like, inner, if, if you also, you know, like a, he's brilliant, right? right? But he's like a fucking robot, right? He's yeah. a, a genius DFS player that is just a total robot. And uh, uh, that's how I imagine. And then like, them, like trying to be funny to each other. They both have like distinctly goofy, awkward guy laughs and stuff. So um, I just, all <laughs> those kind of guys are the best. I mean, I, I hope that that dude succeeds, but um, the fact that, the enemy thing the fact that mike mcdaniel is getting a job when like i said i think he probably deserves it but like i mean the guy is just has has been kyle shanahan's right hand man and i think everybody understands that kyle shanahan is also the offensive you know brain of that operation again to go to this year's two teams mcveigh he's the he's the offensive genius right and zach yeah, taylor and his, was his guy yep and he brought he brought mm-hmm. the Bengals to the Super Bowl, so I think that proves that you got to give these guys a chance. Like, yeah, I mean, give them a two year thing. If it goes downhill, then you can get rid of them, like the Joe Judge thing. But if he's showing improvement or like showing that the team's coming together, then you you got to keep that guy. Uh, so the other news story that I think we should just hit on, and I oh, think yeah. we can do this real quick, is Alvin Kamara. Mm-hmm. What are your What are your <laughs> <laughs> pay-per-view we can pay, pay-per-view mike mcdaniel and awesome on a on a football stream i agree um i i haven't somebody said so i haven't looked into it anymore today i obviously heard the news mm-hmm. um about him about him getting rested i also heard that uh it happened the night before the pro bowl they let right. him play in the pro bowl and yeah. then arrested. gotta let him play 
<laughs> I mean, what kind of world do these guys live in? Just an absolutely different fucking world that they can go play an exhibition, basically a flag football game yeah. to, after, after, you know, then get arrested for battery. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty wild, but yeah, more, more I, hitting in the nightclub than in, on the actual football field. <laughs> yeah, the there was way more contact from Kamara with Kamara <laughs> yeah. and this dude in the nightclub. Um, yeah. but, uh, I did. There, I somebody texted me that um, it was on video. I guess so. Maybe you know a little bit more than me. I don't have all of the information, but what I will kind of just pipe in, at least like from you know from a from a real life perspective. And I'm, I'm not really going to comment on a guy, uh, you know, getting charged with something. It happens if he did something wrong. He deserves whatever happens to him. Blah blah blah. But um, from a fantasy perspective, like if he doesn't, you know, like go to jail we've basically seen that the nfl is not gonna lay down a hammer too heavy on any right ray, ray rice <laughs> what ray rice did i'm not saying is better worse whatever but ray rice was caught on camera doing something really really bad and was not suspended for very long right tyreek hill managed to escape um despite mm-hmm. tons of different um accusations and issues that he has gone through etc cetera, etc cetera. and so I think, you know, there's concern, but I'm, I, I hopped in a couple of drafts over the last couple of days on underdog just to kind of see how things were going. And he's definitely like really falling. Um, and I'm not really sure that this changes anything about his fantasy. Obviously, it introduces more risk for right. sure. But just based on precedent, I, I'm not overly concerned. I'm definitely going to like knock him down a little bit, but I think the market is as the market usually does with any sort of kind of risk worthy news story is going to like panic over this and be like, Oh my God, he's going to prison. He's going in the second round. I can't take him. And he, he might fall and he might be a worthwhile investment at a, at a certain, at a certain point. So that's kind of where I stand so far on Kamara. Yeah. For me, it doesn't change anything because I wasn't drafting Kamara anyways, most likely. <laughs> So this is what we talked about last week with him is yep. I'm not doing anything with that Saints offense. So if I had that little hesitation after like 20 drafts, and I'm like, eh, maybe I should get some Kamara. Now I'm like, okay, well, this just helps me like you're on the right path. I'm not getting him from a, from like a actual take standpoint. We haven't seen the video. I was in Vermont. So I'm like piecing stuff together because Vermont has no cell phone service <laughs> pretty much anywhere. So what what I'll say is, you know, to me, this is a little different in the aspect that he's at a nightclub in Las Vegas. He knows the situations he's, put, he's putting himself in. But also, anytime an athlete, you know, athlete, wrestler, any of these big guys go out to a nightclub, two things happen. There's a bunch of guys that want to be their friend and buy him drinks. And there's a bunch of guys that want to test them. And occasionally you can test them on the wrong night. And occasionally you can get your ass knocked out. So. I don't know what actually happened in the video, so I'm still reserving judgment. But, you know, sometimes people get what they deserve. And (laughs) it sounds like that might have been the case in this situation. We'll know more as it goes along. But five years is the sentence they're talking about. I doubt that's going to happen. But, man, if that happened, tough scenes for for the Saints that are already in trouble. I will also say I was quickly pulling up Kamara's uh, Wikipedia here. Um, a trusty, reliable source, obviously, which I didn't know all of this. I didn't know all of this background, but he was a big time recruit out of college and actually went to Alabama. As mm-hmm. I actually didn't know this because I knew he came from Tennessee, but I didn't know he went to Alabama um, and was on the team with Derrick Henry, uh, like TJ Yeldon, Kenyon Drake. He was on like the 
an amazing Alabama team as a freshman. And all it's all it's saying is he had a rough experience. Literally, it's uh, there's I guess it's quoting some. Maybe he said that or something. But yeah. he had a rough experience at Alabama, and uh, Saban banned him from practicing with the t- <laughs> with the team because of quote behavioral issues. He then oh. transferred to uh, Hutchinson Community College in Kansas. Which, uh, if you've watched uh, whatever the documentary is on Netflix, um, they're in there a little bit. Uh, JUCO football in the South or in the you know Midwest South, whatever. Yeah, uh, that's not where these guys want to be, and it's a lot of uh, you know guys that probably need some time to figure out their life. And so he, he he went there and then went to Tennessee. So maybe a guy I wouldn't be fucking with, uh, probably me as a you know six foot uh white dude from st louis i probably would not be going after alvin kamara in the nightclub personally yeah, yeah but alcohol and <laughs> yeah that's true tr- trying to show off in front of some friends sometimes and i think we've all seen it with people that aren't celebrities you know when we were younger i mean i saw it you know quite a few times where people just do some stupid things man and they get they get the receipts for it so yep all right, so I, I think that we can move on from news. What I wanted to talk to you about before we start ranking these AFC teams is we've been doing some of these best ball drafts over the last week or so, and I wanted to talk to you about any outliers you see, like guys that you're like, oh, man, this guy is going at this particular spot, and how do I draft anyone else but this guy? So we, I, I, I mean, I... Spoiler, I told Eric about this beforehand. I told him the one guy that really caught my eye is Devonta Smith. I've done two or three drafts. I've gotten him in all three of those drafts, and it's been fifth, fifth, sixth round for him. And to me, that is bananas. Like what we saw from that guy, especially at the end of the year last year, we talked a little bit about the offense for Philly last week, but they wanted to be a pass first team and they kind of got bullied into (laughs) running the ball a little bit. So I think they're going to go back and try to balance it out a little more. I don't think you're going to see them leading the league and rushing by the end of the year. So they're going to be thrown to Devonta Smith. They're going to be thrown to Dallas Goddard. And I just think Devonta Smith showed that he has what it takes to be an elite one wide receiver in this league. So fifth, sixth round, like, Give me all of the Devonta Smith right now if I'm going to get him that. I mean, throughout the rest of the year, but I, I don't know how to draft anybody else right now other than him in that in that price range. We were talking also a little bit super quickly before the show that another reason why you might be super overexposed to someone in that range is that if you if you've done any fantasy drafts all, already, particularly on underdog, that like fifth sixth round. Is, is honestly painful. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's really painful. So like you'll go through and it's like, maybe, maybe Chris Godwin falls. Michael Pittman is there. Michael Thomas is there. Devonta Smith, Elijah Moore, who is a guy that I, I like a little bit more than your Devonta Smith thing, but like they're very, very similar type bets. And so it's like the same thing. It's like Tyler Lockett, like Darnell Mooney, Amon Ross St. Brown, like, like, I'm not saying I like or dislike any of these guys, but like what we're probably used to maybe in the fifth round in terms of like kind of slam dunkish type type wide receivers or even running backs, 
don't really exist there. And so the same thing for me is like, I actually kind of like Michael, Michael Tyne. We, you, we talked about the saints last week being out on the saints. I've come around a little bit more on, on Michael Thomas thinking about the saints, but like, if I'm going to default in this, like almost like dead zone of the entire draft to anyone, like I said, there's Elijah Moore and Devonta Smith to second year wide receivers with all the opportunity in the world, you know, that I'm more excited about the Eagles offense than the jets, but the jets offense really can't be worse than last year. And he was a smash when he was, when he was out there and same thing when Devonta Smith was starting to finally get some freaking opportunity and they opened it up a little bit, same thing. He was a smash. And so it's like, I, I struggle with that, that range. And I just keep looking at like those two guys. Like I forced myself to take some of these guys already in some of these drafts that I don't necessarily love or definitely don't like more than those guys. Um, and I've taken like a quarterback there or something because the same thing, I don't want to just keep clicking. Like I moved Devonta Smith down in rankings. I think I, I moved Elijah Moore down in rankings too, because I don't want to just be literally clicking the same two guys yeah. every single time in the, in the fifth and sixth round. I want to kind of uh, mix it up a little bit more, but um, you know, I will, that'll change when the uh, you know, like best ball mania and all that stuff gets here and the ADPs kind of really start to settle in. But as of right now, same thing, like to, the, those two, it was those two guys at wide receiver that stuck out for me like the most. All right. So two things. First, somebody in the chat clip by for saying that the Jets can't be worse than last year. Oh, and get ready for freezing yeah. cold takes, you know, 12 last months week, the Last week I was on the Giants, which we literally just posted uh, <laughs> uh, making fun of me about being bullish on the Giants. And now I'm going to be for the second year in a row, I'm going to be bullish on the Jets. And it's like, Jesus Christ, like, what, like, are you trying to lose money? You just keep <laughs> talking yourself into the Giants and the Jets every year. <laughs> and, and secondly, the way I recall the fifth round last year early, because we're degenerates and we started drafting best ball early. Now, early last year was May, June. Early this year is February because we're psychopaths, <laughs> right? Um, but but early last year, the fifth round was like, that was, it started the Cooper Cup, DJ yep. Moore, Chris Godwin, yep. Mike Evans. They got slowly escalated into the fourth round. But I remember loving the fifth round right away. And I don't remember if I sent this question to you, but I, I was questioning, I sent it out to some of the other, to a lot of people like, should we be looking to reach on the people going in this round so that we double up the exposure so that we could get a, you know, a Godwin cup or a Godwin mm, yeah. um, DJ Moore team? Like, I know we're getting them a full round before, but it the only way and it lets you get unique as well. Right. So that's that's my, my point is this year, that fifth round is ugly currently. Now, yes. two months from now, three months from now, after free agency, that might we might be like, oh my god, I love the fifth round again. <laughs> um, that might happen, but for now, like I'm looking at the stuff, I'm just going Devonta Smith, man, Elijah Moore. I'm on board with that one too. I would definitely take Elijah Moore as well, but everyone else is just ugly, and running backs are even more ugly than normal. Really bad. Yeah, I, 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 I my fear. I want to I want to know what you think about this, because my fear is your take on the fifth round um, like that won't happen this year, because mm -hmm. like, honestly, my take on these rookie wide receivers is 
the cheap ones might move up a little bit depending upon landing spot, right? Like uh, Jamison Williams is my favorite rookie wide receiver. I think he, you know, I know he has the ACL has the potential to move up a little bit. Like if he lands somewhere advantageous, maybe a couple other guys, right. Have a, a chance to everyone, but sky Moore. sky Moore is not moving up. Sky Moore is not an, an NFL wide receiver. Um, Shout out to the ship chasing guys who were. I, I heard. Uh, tra- tra- I heard him getting touted. I... It was bad. Is and they, pu- you know, it's bad when like we'll all get excited about every prospect, right? And they pulled up the YouTube video of Sky Moore, and they're like, "Oh, uh, 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 like why are we taking this guy again?" You know. Yeah. So anyway, um, but I my kind of take is that like the Traylon Burks and Drake Londons and stuff. You know, this is not Jamar. They're they're not Jamar Chase. They're probably not Jalen Waddle. And so the hype of like last year, I think has got people just hyped on these rookies. So I think they probably fall. I think maybe you get a Mike Davis situation where one or two running backs move up. Right. But the rookies are already priced pretty hefty. And, you know, so you maybe get a couple of running backs that move up. Other than that, I I don't really see like how many free agent wide receivers are like, I like some of these free agent wide receivers, right? Well, Fuller's a free agent. Allen Robinson's a free agent, et cetera. But how many, I mean, Godwin's a free agent, but how many of those guys can like sign somewhere where you're like, oh my God, yes, this is a fourth or a fifth round pick, right? Like you said, last year, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, T Higgins, those were fourth, fifth round picks. Last DJ year, Moore, D- DJ Chris Moore, Evan, I mean, Mike D- Evans, Debo went, went, Brandon Ayuk, Dio, Debo went way later than this, right? Yeah. Like there was so many, Mike Williams was a ninth round pick, eventually got steamed right. up to like the seventh, sixth, you know? So I just think we're in a different kind of environment. Hollywood where, was like a 10th rounder at yes. one point. And, and, I, at, and that's the guy now. I was grabbing every time I was grabbing him in the 10th round. Yep. Like, he's Lamar's number one wide receiver. I know there's Andrews there, but. Who else do they have? Bateman, we didn't know how long he was going to be hurt. Yep. Uh, they were rolling out corpses on the other side. It, uh, so I, I just kind of think we this might be like partially a dead zone. It's a spot where nobody likes anybody. And so I do mm-hmm. think we might get steam on you know, the guys that we mentioned, the young guy, right? The, the young guys always get the steam, basically. Maybe a free agent or a rookie running back, right? Last year, ETN and Javante kind of settled in around fifth, sixth range so i think we might get there's a guy i want to talk about etn or javante etn so he's going what is he going right now it's it's crazy right third round fourth Uh, round somewhere like that i i I just see that every and not even just where he's going i'm hearing the hype on him from everyone everyone is Uh, talking about etn 50 50.7 adp so what early fifth early fifth late fourth probably Mm. Too mm-hmm. high, too high for that guy. Let me see where I. He's co- he's coming off of that injury that a lot of people have had trouble coming back from. I know he got it early, which is nice, but he hasn't played an NFL game yet. The only good thing going for him is James Robinson got hurt at the end of the year, so yeah. he has a chance to take that backfield. So I understand that the Jags yeah. still suck, though. Like <laughs> yes. the Jags, I mean, they're not good. And we're doing what we did with DeAndre Swift last year, where everyone's talking themselves into this guy because, oh, he's he's what he's what Detroit has. And yeah, he had some games. They were good. But it was still a mediocre offense that that overperformed from what they should have been performing. And I'm not saying the Jags can't overperform, but overperforming is still mediocrity for this team at the current yeah. moment. Mm-hmm. So 
I'm going to let you guys take ETN and I'm probably going to pass on him most of the time. I like that. That's, that's interesting. The Swift comp is a pretty good one actually, because it was, it was solely a Deandre Swift talent bet. Everyone was willing to accept that the Lions were going to stink, mm-hmm. right? That was the consensus. And they did. <laughs> Spoiler, uh, Jared Goff, not very good. No weapons, also not very good. And honestly, DeAndre Swift as a runner is not very good. And so like we were talking about the offensive line and DeAndre Swift is just so good that we need to take him. I, you know, as a receiver, that is 100% true he's an electric wide receiver and so maybe we're going to try to make that etn comp but etn is not as natural of a wide receiver as deandre swift is mm-hmm. um like i i talked about that a little bit last year like he's competent in the passing game for sure but he kind of had to learn that if you watch him he is not a natural catcher of the football and he talks about like he knew he had to learn how to play in the passing game to play in the nfl um, and he did, which was great, you know, great for him and great for, for drafting him. But he's DeAndre Swift is like basically a wide receiver playing running back. You know, right. he's like closer to like people. We love to make Debo comps, right? I made fun of the Debo thing. You want to make yeah. a Debo comp like DeAndre Swift is closer to is closer to freaking Debo than a lot of people fair. Um, uh, are making it out to be. And ETN is like more of a running back that learned how to play in the passing game. And so, you know, I, I have him probably about at market value and I'm, I'm de- probably gonna gonna take some but i am thinking more about kind of what you said and i think you know we get very hyped on the young talented running back and i understand it but um i think that there is a little bit more caution that we should mix in with with etn than than maybe the market is is putting out there and i'm gonna be taking more stands on guys this year not not every single player but I did it last year. Like we, I mean, I'm going to bring up Kamara again, but we talked about him. I talked about Swift. I've made a stand on him. I made a stand on Cup without realizing it. I just didn't have enough of him. It wasn't, again, I didn't hate him, but I loved that that round. So I was grabbing everybody yeah. from that round. Right. And, and, I, and if I see that again, I know this year it's okay to reach on that, a guy from that round so that I get two from that round going forward. Don't have to do it every draft. It, it's not something I have to do every draft, but it's going to help me get unique builds, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it still is a viable alternative to just picking people on their ADP like, you know, 70% of the people are doing. Yep. So it'll, it allows us to just be a little different. So those are things I'm going to be looking at this year. And I'm going to be making my stands on guys that I either love where they're getting drafted or that I... I'm going to just be completely booting players that I just have no interest in taking. I, if I don't want them, I'm not going to take them. And if I, and if I lose because of it, so be it. That's, that's yeah. where I'm at this year. So I like, I like that too. I like that too. That something I've kind of always been more predisposed to that line of thinking. And then, you know, listening to a lot, a lot of smart people around this industry, right. We're kind of, you know, preaching a little bit more of the diversification aspect of things. And then this year, playing it out and then also talking to Liam and talking to Tony. I mean, the two people that won a that won a million dollars talking to other very, other very smart people and listening to how many of these people took big, big stands, like big, huge stands, full fades on guys, big, massive um, exposure to, to certain players or certain stacks or, or whatever. And like, when I, when you, when I think about it, it's not the same thing as DFS, 
Um, right. but like I come from a DFS background and when you enter a DFS slate, like there's X player that has, you know, uh, an X probability, an X value, right? X price. And so he deserves a certain level of exposure in, in best ball. It's not quite that same equivalent, but you like, you wouldn't go into a DFS slate and just say, yeah, I just need a peanut butter spread it across. No, the best plays get a much higher exposure. Right. And I would, I would rather more meat in the middle, right? I'm, I'm not going to have eight, 80% of someone like you might on a DFS slate, right? Mm-hmm. Cook is out and you play 80% Madison. We're not going to go to that extreme, but I do think we, we want to take, you know, educated like bets on, on, Plus EV, high upside, high payoff type of player. So I'm fully on board with with that for this year. All right. Before we rank these um, offenses, is there any person you think in particular is like you're just looking at and you're like, how am I just not taking this guy every yeah. single time other yeah, than Elijah the, Moore? Yeah. The teammate of the receiver that you brought up, it's Dallas yeah, Goddard. It's Dallas. It's Dallas Goddard. He's my. He's maybe my favorite pick in the in all of like. I love Kyle Pitts as much as the next person. Kyle yeah. Pitts is getting steamed like absolute fucking crazy. Yeah, you know. That's and and like I said, yeah. I mean, I'm 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 gonna end up not having as much Kyle Pitts as I want because everybody wants. Kyle. I mean, he's the sex. He's one of the sexiest picks yeah. in the draft. So anyway, Goddard is the guy that like. How much different is Goddard than Pitts? And Not he much. goes way later. He goes after Hawkinson. What's the difference between him and Waller? What's the difference between him and Kittle? I mean, Kittle's a better football player, I guess. But like from a target share perspective, from what we saw right. down the stretch, we've been wanting to draft Dallas Goddard for years, you know, multiple years now when we just needed Ertz to be out of there. Ertz left and we saw Dallas Goddard like have an insane role, an absolutely insane role for the Eagles. And like you said, they don't, they can't possibly run that much again knock on wood and so he's just going to be a target dominator at at tight end and he's going he's just going way too late to me like he i have him i have him as the tight end four i think (laughs) three or four which which is fair and for tight end currently this year coming up it doesn't feel like there is that elite tear anymore no feels like kelsey's been pushed down waller's been pushed down even kittle so like you get those three guys plus you get Pitts, plus you get andrews plus you get goddard and, and I guess Hawkinson. So like, it's like, I'll take whoever's left of those seven. And Goddard goes last. And I'll take Goddard. So and Goddard goes last out of all those. Yeah. Guys. To your point, like I under, I completely understand that line of that line of thinking because tight ends always brutal, and we used to just want to get it and just have it locked up. And <laughs> I don't know if you're locking it up anymore based on the way the position's going right now. I think Pitts has the potential to be that number one elite tight end next year for sure. But if he's getting steamed to, to levels that I don't want to take him, then I'll, I'll settle for a Goddard or I'll settle for Mark Andrews. If he, if he starts swinging down again. So mm-hmm. I, I love the Goddard talk. <clears throat> and I think it just shows why we put the Eagles as that, you know, stack, but don't go out yep. of my way because you're getting the Eagles. A, like an efficient offense for under what they should be going for almost on every single guy, every player, There's every single player. So they're, they're the team to be, to be watching. Now I think Smith is going to rise and I think you might end up seeing Goddard rise a little bit too, but if it, if it stays how it is, man, this is, this is the team that you're going to just have somebody on, on every single roster you build. 
So yep. Miles Sanders is free. What what also doesn't make any sense to me is Miles Sanders is super cheap, but Kenny Gainwell is also super cheap. Right. It's like it, it would be like if we're gonna push Miles Sanders to the ninth round, which whatever, that's fine. We should move somebody needs to come up. <laughs> it's like because the in theory, then they're the one that's ruining Miles Sanders. But Boston Scott's a free agent that jo- Jordan Howard is not a thing. It's it's Jordan Miles Sanders. <laughs> it's it's Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell, but Gainwell's ADP hasn't risen. All that's happened is is Miles Sanders has fallen. So they're just in that that team that uh, they're one of the teams like like you kind of outlined that when like BBM opens, I'm kind of hoping that ADP at least stays similar to this as it is right now in the big board, and that's the team I'm just going to smash early because. There's nowhere to go but up, in my opinion, for all of them, basically. I, I completely agree. And like we said, they're going to bring somebody else in that's going to make this team even better uh, on the outside because Rager ain't it. So, <laughs> no, no, um, no, he's not. All right. I am going to share my screen now. So, as I'm doing this, I'm just going to talk about what we did last week. We decided to rank the offenses as they are currently constructed in the NFL and put them in tiers, which are give me stacks or give me death, which is like a team that we're doing everything we can to just draft this team or one of the teams in this tier. Uh, Stack but don't go out of my way is a team exactly like the Eagles we just spoke of. We are either getting them like at crazy cost or it's a team like the Rams that we put in there where we think their cost is a little too high. So if we fall into them properly, then great. But we're not going to like go nuts trying to get them at their ridiculous ADPs one off in most drafts. We got three teams in that right now. So like the Carolina Panthers, we like DJ Moore. We're probably going to be drafting CMC for sure. in some drafts, depending on what happens with him, he's an interesting player mm-hmm. right now. Uh, I saw Davis Maddock talking about, is he going to be the one-on-one again overall? And, you know, you want to make fun of it, but then you're like, eh, maybe it could <laughs> yep. be. Yep. Then there's the one-off and maybe every five drafts. Atlanta, we were just talking about Pitts. He's the guy that we're looking for, but because of his ADP, we're maybe getting him a little less than we want. And finally, full fade, you idiots, is teams like the Green Bay Packers where we don't want any part of that right now. We brought up uh, A.J. Dillon last week, and not that we don't love A.J. Dillon, but we don't love him on the team as it's currently constructed. So... We're not going to be looking at getting any of him, especially at his current ADP. So what we're going to be starting with is Eric is going to start us off with his second favorite football team, the New York Jets, since he's (laughs) such a big Jets lover, and let us know where he's going with them. Uh, I can't believe I'm getting roped into this already right off the top, but uh, the Jets I need clips. I need clips for next week. So you, I've been set up for another, I've been set up for another (laughs) clip. I am going to, Put the Jets into – I'm going to do one-off maybe every five drafts just because I'm trying to think through some of the, the drafts that I've done. They're, 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 they're there, but they have the potential to be the one-off in, in most drafts. And it's actually not because I'm bullish. on. Like I know I kind of said they can't be worse. It's I'm not – I'm indifferent on, on the Jets, but it's a little bit of a cost thing and just uh, you know the individual player thing. Elijah Moore is definitely a guy that's going to be – a target for me. I've, I found myself taking Corey Davis um, in, in a fair bit of drafts. He's extremely cheap. He was one of those guys. Remember he was just dominating the preseason and just got steamed out of this world. And then obviously that didn't work out. I think 
Um, I would like to buy back on him. And I think Michael Carter is, is totally reasonable. So they're just a team with enough exciting young players. And they had, you know, when healthy, right. Elijah Moore was good. Michael Carter showed that he could be pretty good. Corey Davis had some good weeks. Jameson Crowder had some good weeks. Braxton Berrios was having good weeks. I think that there's, there's potential in this offense, at least from a fantasy perspective. And so um, they're definitely not a full fade for me. And so they're somewhere between one off in most drafts and every five drafts. I put them in five drafts. So I'm exactly where you are with these guys. And it's because of their ADP. Just what you said nails everything. The Michael Carter ADP is fine. Uh, The receivers ADP is fine. Zach Wilson is going to be going super low. So you can backdoor stack this team if you really, really want to. So, Currently, and they could get better. They could be a team that absolutely brings some pieces in and gets themselves ready for this next season. And the division isn't that great either. I mean, Buffalo is going to dominate it, of course, and New England's always going to hang around while Belichick's there as the head coach. But it's not. It's not like there's. It's not like there's an elite. I mean, I guess if you really want to argue Buffalo, sure, but the rest of the division is an elite, and Miami's going to take a step back. So. I'm fine, honestly, with them on one-off in most drafts or every five drafts. I, I'm fine with either of those, so I will let's, let you. Let's put them in most just because I think, um, if anything, from the five drafts, they would go up. They're never going to go to a full fade, I don't I don't think. Right. Um, and so, if anything, they would go up, so we can, we can put them in most. Okay. So, I will hit on New England. That is the next team on this list. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is with this team. They, they're Damian Harris is at a decent ADP at the moment. I mean, I'm going to grab him here and there. And the only other guy I'm looking to grab on this team right now is Hunter Henry. So I'm not looking to stack this team by any means. You, again, it's the same thing with the Jets. You can you can fall into the Henry Mac Jones stack if you really wanted to. I don't love it, but I'm not drafting Jacoby Myers. I wasn't drafting him last year. I mean, we know why he's 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 what he is and and that's all i can say about him he is what he is and that's that's five catches for 60 yards that that is you know they're gonna put that on his tombstone here lies jacoby (laughs) myers caught five passes for 60 yards every single football game that he played in his entire life you know that's what he does so we don't why am i gonna draft that guy i don't care what his adp is he's never gonna get into my lineup based on where i'm drafting other wide receivers so everyone that loves Jacoby Myers, I'm sorry, dude. Like that guy, he sucks. And I will tell you that right now, that guy sucks. Um, and they don't have any other receivers. They have Aguilar who proved to be nothing. Johnu Smith has become the blocking tight end. So, so what are we doing here? We're playing. We, I like Henry and I like him at his ADP for sure. Definitely as a second tight end. Um, so they're one off maybe every five drafts for me. I'm not going to full fade because I, because of where we can get Henry. But, I mean, if you wanted to put him in a full fade, you idiots, I'm also fine with that. No, I think it's, I think it's every five drafts. Um, it's hard for me to ever put a full fade on a, a team with, like, a dirt-cheap quarterback yeah. because, of what, because of what you just said. Like, we could tell ourselves a story about every team. Fuck, I did it with the Giants last week. I did it with the Jets this week. We've done it with, with some really bad team. I did it with the Panthers for six months. Last year, I talked myself into Sam Darnold and Matt Rule, and we saw how that worked out. And so I'm never going to write write them off. I also think Kendrick Bourne is fine. Um, again, not super exciting, yeah. but right. If you like, if you have a robust running back team or something, and mm-hmm. he's your wide receiver seven, like it's fine. It's fine. You know, you, so so that but that 
they're all fine, right? They right, have right. Three, or, three, or, three or four guys. I think Ramondre as kind of the contingent value running back is fine. So, yep. like, they have four or five guys that are fine, and so that just puts them in every five drafts. Right. All right, so now you get the Miami Dolphins. Ooh, they're fun. They're, they're fun. The hard part is doing them right now because yes. – um obviously they they have a new coach who i'm excited for said new coach but we don't really know anything about other than jalen waddle and tua and i guess tua is not a 100 lock i think he's probably a lock but outside of them no one is a lock they've already been talking about floating Devonte parker trade mm-hmm. you know possibility and i think it's a, a stone cold lock they bring in somebody um at wide receiver the will fuller experiment obviously did not work very well and i would like to target their running game i know their offensive line was horrid last year and that's why it didn't work out but i would imagine that they understand that and that's uh an area that they're going to correct the issue is like miles gaskin lost his job to duke johnson down the stretch do they want to bring duke johnson back are they going to go to miles gaskin are they going to go to free agency you know is uh mcdaniel going to go to mostert you know, Mostert's a free agent. Is he going to bring him in? So that the only issue for me is I think I'll still put him in every five drafts because I'm not going to full fade Jalen Waddle, even though that price makes me pretty uncomfortable. And I'm definitely not going to full fade Tua. And so I think Hunter Long is a kind of reasonable, totally off the board tight end, like last round tight end. I'm not sure that they bring Gasicki back. They took Hunter round, Hunter Long in the third round last year something like that so anyway they have enough pieces and i'm actually bullish on them next year the problem with them being any higher than five drafts is like there's just i i only know two of the guys that are even going to be on the team next year right so for me i i can see that too the so this is the team that is real interesting based on which site you're drafting on for me because as much as i love waddle he is way, way better for DraftKings than he is yep. for underdog, right? Like, so on DraftKings, I have to make sure I have Waddle. I'm not convinced at Waddle's current price point. I absolutely have to have him on underdog. Do, I want him. Don't get me wrong. I want him. But he just, he fits so much better on that DraftKings scoring system, which I think a lot of, we'll talk about at some point. I think a lot of people get too hung up on don't get hung up enough on the scoring system yeah. and they're they're drafting players like that they should be drafting for DraftKings on underdog and they're constructing their rosters like they're on DraftKings and they're not mm-hmm. you're, you're playing half point ppr with no bonus so you need to you need to be working that in on certain players and i think waddle's one of those guys where if he's too high I'm only going to want them on DraftKings. so yep one off in every five drafts makes a ton of sense but i do see them they they have the potential of moving up two spots. They could be in that stack Potonko out of my way category, depending on what this roster shakes out to be. Like you said, running game, all the other stuff, the the wide receiver too is going to be cheap enough if he's the quarterback. So um they I think they, they have I, I legitimately believe they're the only team that we have down here that could be uh in the very top in the very top column. That the coach is a is a coach that we that we trust. Yeah. They they very clearly have the foundational pieces in, that are at least good enough, right? Tua yep. is good enough. Waddle is obviously good enough. Devontae Parker is is good enough, and they could bring in, like you said, another a third wide receiver, and then they totally upgrade the offensive line. They 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 have paths 
to really just steaming up this board, but just the way it is right now, I can't, it's tough. It's tough. It's really tough to do, to do anything with them. I'm mixing in a little bit of like Gaskin and Duke Johnson and just kind of hoping and dreaming about the situation, but it's just tough. All right. So now I'm on to the Buffalo Bills, which is the easiest one on this entire list. <laughs> Complete full fade, you idiot, because because eat it, Liam. Nobody's drafting a goddamn bill this year. You want to tout them all you can. And guess what? None of us are drafting bills. Not allowed. I'm just kidding. Obviously, the bills are, are an easy give me stacks or give me death. We're going to be taking you know, all these guys, Singletary proved himself. I don't know if he's going to do it again next year, but mm-hmm. we're, we're looking at the passing game. We're looking at the running game. We want Allen. We want Knox. We want Diggs. We want Gabe Davis. We want, I even want Isaiah McKenzie cheap oh, when, yeah. I, when I yep. can have them. So they're, they're clearly going into the top tier with the 49ers and the Cowboys, unless you have any objections. No, the, the only thing is what Silas brings up here is, if we if we call stacks or give me death, not one hundred percent having to have the quarterback, like I'm, t- and I would be totally cool having three or four bills on my team, probably three, um, without Josh Allen, right? Kind of like a secondary stack, a stack without your without your quarterback, which I, I think is totally like I never, I literally took zero Aaron Rodgers teams last year, but I went after the Packers quite hard, and yeah. so I would call, I would, I, I would still say that that's like a give me stacks or give me death type of type of situation that the, the only thing I would, I don't, I don't really have much to add. I, I totally agree on Isaiah McKenzie. I think he's the guy who could be, I, I think they could let Cole Beasley go, or I think Isaiah McKenzie could yeah. win just just take that job from him. Yep. And we saw the upside. Good Lord. The guy has mm-hmm. crazy upside. And then uh, I don't understand. Everyone loves running backs, right? We've done the Josh Jacobs dead zone thing. We did the fucking Mike Davis. We anointed Mike Davis a fourth round pick. Devin Singletary actually did it. Yep. He did it for half of a season, you know, a third of a season or whatever. Was like one of the top five most valuable, uh, what, top three maybe, most valuable running backs in fantasy. He did it. And he goes in like the 90s. Yeah. Like what I did tell me, like I'm the one buying, I'm the one buying high on Devin Singletary, not the running back people. The running back people are are, are drafting Mike Davis. And but, who's but the Bills running back everyone's talking about? Have you noticed who everyone's talking about for Bills running no. backs right now? No. It's um oh my god, who's the guy that they hate? Who's the team? Like Moss. Why, yeah, Zach Moss. Moss. Everyone's talking about Moss. They're all talking about drafting Zach Moss. And I and I interject myself in the conversation. I'm like, what is the thought process on Zach Moss? Like, are we thinking that he's going somewhere else? Because I can't imagine him being a Bill next year. So if I'm drafting Zach Moss, it's it's completely, you know, a shot in the dark that he's somewhere else for the next season and he finds his right place to actually right. produce. I'm not drafting Zach Moss thinking he's going to produce on the Bills. So, yeah, Singletary should be going higher and people should be talking about him more, in my yep. opinion. It, he, he has the potential of getting steamed, but... And to Josh Allen getting drafted 24, I'm fine with taking quarterbacks high here and there. I'm not doing it every draft, but I'm okay with, like, I was okay with taking Mahomes early last year. What third round, second round? I think Allen is different than Mahomes, too. Yeah. Mahomes Mahomes doesn't run like that. Like, it's just a different beast. Allen can go out and throw for 304 and run for two touchdowns. Mahomes just isn't going to isn't going to do that. So mixing them in, I agree. You, you, I'm not trying to get like 25% Josh Allen, but yeah. mixing them in. I think is fine. Right. 
All right, so this puts you on the Tennessee Titans. Ooh. I'm trying to think this one through. So as you can probably guess, I'm off Derrick Henry. Julio Jones is made of uh, pixie sticks and bubble gum uh, late in drafts. Tannehill, I think, is reasonable. And obviously, I'm going after A.J. Brown. So we're going to do every five drafts for this. And it's almost entirely because of A.J. Brown. But I will say Julio goes extremely late. Like, yep extremely late and so i'm not i'm not bullish on julio but a guy people were taking in the fourth fifth round last year and did show a couple of spikes um in a good offense is now going in like the 14th round so i'm gonna mix him in so that would be five drafts every five yeah and i was busting your balls about Tannehill the other day but this (laughs) team this team has no out on Tannehill really so i I can't imagine it's going to be anyone but him this year that that Rogers stuff is ridiculous, uh, unless I'm proven wrong. So I'm with you on one off, maybe every five drafts. I'm closer to one off in most drafts because I love, I would love to get AJ Brown as much as I can, and I'm probably a little more bullish to, on Derrick Henry than you are, specifically on underdog. Yeah. He, he's built for that site. So mm-hmm. if he's going to fall to me at the fourth or fifth pick, then I'm going to take him, just like I did last year. I was taking him over Dalvin Cook. I was taking him over Kamara. I would rather have him than those two guys. That's why I liked the 104 last year because I was getting Derrick Henry a lot of times in that spot. So, I, I mean, obviously we all wanted CMC in the 101, but the 104 was my next favorite spot because otherwise I was taking Derrick Henry and then some Dalvin Cook in the other two spots. So I'm fine with one off every five for now, uh, which brings us to the Houston Texans. Uh, I can't do it. <laughs> I just I can't do it, man. I, I thought Davis Mills showed that he's he could be a capable NFL quarterback. I I know Brandon Cooks looked really good. That dude scares the hell out of me. He's <laughs> I, I'm scared. I he's the one guy that I wish retired because I'm scared for his health because of the concussions. So I I just think he's almost done. He should be done. And I don't, what else do we want on this team? That's everyone was trying to tout tight ends last year for them. They didn't do anything. Uh, the running game didn't do much Burkhead here and there, but we were trying to, are we, we're done with David Johnson, right? We're done with this. <laughs> making, please, Scott. Yes. please. <laughs> can we please be done with David Johnson? Yes. We and, are done and with David Johnson. Trying to make him a thing. So <laughs> they're, they're a full fade for me right now. I, they, <laughs> They, they obviously have the potential to go up because they can't go further down. But yeah, I, I think this I, I think we talked about it earlier. I think this is just a throwaway year for them again. And they're trying to get out of the hell that Bill O'Brien put them in with some of those awful, awful, awful trades. Yeah, I I, I, I have no problem with with full fade. Cooks is so funny because I was out on him last year. So part of my one thing that I do it was it sometimes it hurts. Mm-hmm. Cooks. Co- Full, I full, I didn't draft Cooks in 600 drafts or whatever it was last year, but it also led me, I didn't draft Waller either. It's basically like when your entire ADP is driven by you being a volume hog on a bad team, and like, like there's so many ways that can go wrong. Like when, when you are Brandon Cooks on the Texans, it's like this year, this past year was like what, the, the ceiling? Mm-hmm. Like it, it yeah. can't really get much better. Absolutely, you know, he's just getting 
getting peppered and peppered with targets. And he's a year older. He's, he's a small, you know, not the traditional type of alpha wide receiver. So things can just go so wrong so fast. I kind of like, you know, like you said, like the, the Brevin Jordans at tight end or something, but like, what are, what are we really doing? Like, is that guy going to be the league winner? Like, right. No, pro- pro- probably not. So full fade would be my preference too. All right, and before Eric gets into the Jacksonville Jaguars, I just want to remind everybody to like and subscribe to the YouTube page. Make sure you're giving us a five-star review on the podcast, wherever you listen to it. And uh, join us in the Discord, because there has been some really interesting conversations in there lately. So with all that being said, where are you putting the Jaguars? Jaguars end up in every five drafts here. The AFC is just going to be littered with every, every five drafts for me. Um, but I, I'm, I'm a little worried about them. I think everybody is. I think we're probably all maybe a little bit too bullish on Trevor Lawrence, a little bit too. Everybody was definitely too bullish on Visca, but just a, a little bit too bullish on the total situation and the, whether it was the urban Meyer effect, whether Lawrence really isn't that good. I think there's plenty of room for, uh, you know, concern with this this offense. However, it is the second year of Lawrence, right? Marvin Jones is back. Visca is back. I don't know if that's a good thing. ETN will be back. And I suspect, you know, Chark is a free agent, but I suspect they'll bring somebody in, whether it's Chark comes back or somebody um, with some talent to, to round out the wide receiver core. And so I think between um, I am going to dabble a little bit in ETN and I'm definitely going to dabble in, in buying low here on Trevor Lawrence. And so they're just a, yeah, that, that mix them in kind of team that I'm not going to have zero exposure to, but I'm not very excited for either. Uh, for me, they're a full fade right now. I I'm, I'm with you on the Trevor Lawrence second year thing, but I'm not in love with 93 year old Marvin Jones. <laughs> no. Uh, I I haven't taken him yet. I'm not in love with the Tin Man LaVisca Chenault anymore. I was last year. I let people talk me into him. Never again. <laughs> um, I would love to see DJ, DJ Chark go to the Bears. Are we doing Dan Arnold? Is he is he still on the roster? He's, he is. He is. Are, are we are we one? Are we taking him late? Hopefully. Yeah, it would definitely I, be late. And I'm out on ETN, so Laquan Treadwell, late. He's a free agent also. If they re-sign him? If like, they re-sign him late, yeah. Which they could. I thought he was the best looking. You know, Jones had his games, but like I thought Treadwell at least looked decent for them at points last year. He looks like their best wide receiver. Yep. So, I mean, if we can put them in the one-off maybe every five drafts, I'm just going to look at the camera and say, hey, this is Rob. And I said that we were going to full fade them because they're Jacksonville Jaguars and they will always be the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I just can't put a team with Lawrence and ETN in in full in in full fade. I just I well, that's probably where we differ is because I'm out on ETN and, and you're yeah, just right. you're not. It's probably moment. just that, honestly, because if it, we were just is. literally arguing over Lawrence, I would be like, yeah, whatever. Yep. I, don't care. I don't really don't give a shit about about Trevor Lawrence, but um, I think it's just that I'm not going to full fade ETN. Right. So that gives me the Colts. I mean, this is <laughs> to your point. This is the e- this is another easy one off maybe every five drafts because we're taking yep. Jonathan Taylor when we can. 
uh, whether that becomes the 101 or the 102, wherever you know that shakes out. Probably, I think he's going to stay at the 101, right? We don't think mm -hmm. CMC is going to pass and people are going to be too scared. I think so. Yep. So, I would, um, again, site dependent. I'll probably take CMC the 101 on DraftKings and I'll probably take Taylor on the 101 on Underdog. But that being said, I'm taking Pittman. I'll probably be able to fall into Wentz here and there if I need to for the stacks. So they're one off every five drafts for me at the moment. And I don't really have much else to say about this team. No, the only thing I would add is uh, my favorite late round tight end, I guess maybe other than Trey McBride, McBride right now, but McBride could be uh, a guy we end up not excited about depending upon landing spot. But Mo Cox and Jack Doyle are both free agents for the Colts and they spent fairly decent draft capital on Kylan Granson. Yeah. Last year, a pretty good receiving tight end. And as we saw last year, I mean, why did Pittman smash? Why did, why were we drafting Paris Campbell? Why, why did all these guys put up production in Indianapolis? There's no goddamn target competition and it's right. a, you know, a tight end friendly scheme. And so he, him between him and JT and the possibility for something else to emerge on this team, they're definitely every five for me right now, but they definitely, they also have the potential to move up to, one off in most. Yeah, I I can completely agree with that take as well. As we let you run through the, uh, I, God, I still want to say the San Diego Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers. Stack, but don't go out of my way. And it's not um, anything other than a combination of ADP and kind of uncertainty around what happens, right? Mike Williams is a free agent. Mm -hmm. Jared Cook and Donald Parham are free agents at, at tight end. And then like Eckler is expensive and Herbert and Keenan are expensive. And so I do like Josh Palmer. I'm extremely excited for this offense. It has nothing to do with this right. offense. If we knew, like we're probably going to do this again, right in the summer. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be like, yeah, give me stacks or give me death. Cause we're going to know it all. But right now I just can't, I mean, I, I just can't, you know, there, there's no real way to to make that happen. So fairly, fairly clear stack, but don't go out of my way for me. Yeah, they're they're the Rams. They're exactly the yep. same, the same as yep. the Rams. So um, I, I'll add nothing to that. And I will just jump right into the Las Vegas Raiders. I don't know if I'll jump right into it because because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I want to do here. <laughs> um uh, look, Renfro, he's he's a site-dependent guy for me. I, I'll take him on underdog if he falls enough. He's going to get steamed too high now. Yep. Uh, Waller, he's going to fall, so you can grab Waller. Derek Carr, we've had our Derek Carr discussion. We think he's, you know, another purgatory, purgatory quarterback for the most part. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe one of the higher-end ones, but still is. And what's Josh Jacobs got? One more year there? Yeah. So, every, everyone, why does everyone shit on Josh Jacobs? By the way, he's. Fun. I, I kind of liked. I kind of like Josh Jacobs. He's, he's like fun. probably a. He's probably like a deciding point. It's so funny because I, I. He became the like the the bit name the meme name yeah. for the running back dead zone and the the running back lovers. But like I actually I actually think Josh Jacobs is a totally fine like real life player and right. like now this year he is probably too cheap. Like I kind of, I kind of, I kind of like Josh Jacobs this year. So it's, it's kind of all come full circle. 
Yeah, so I guess we're one off. I hate putting them here. I hate putting all these teams in the same category, but they're probably one off maybe every five drafts. But that's I, how it should be, right? That's how it should, You're probably true. only really stacking a handful of teams like aggressively, and then the rest mm. are like you're probably only getting so much of those. Which is a fair point. It's just it doesn't make it as much fun. So <laughs> yeah. are you are you in agreement on them? Do you have anything you want to add on the Raiders? No, we did have a little Renfro conversation in the Discord. If you're not in the in the Discord, make sure you go to spikeweek.com and hit Discord at the top and it'll take you there for free. The Renfro, you know, the Renfro ADP is very just like overall concerning for me, right? Waller missed a ton mm-hmm. of time. Rugs was gone. You know, they're trotting out the course of Deshaun Jackson. Zay Jones is a starting wide receiver. Brian Edwards stinks. They didn't really have anything else. And Renfro is definitely good. But we see he is strictly a slot receiver. And I guess maybe that will change, but I don't I don't think so. Yeah. So Why? he's very, very dependent upon them being able to play, you know, 10 personnel and the and 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 not take him off the field in games where they did it when they would play multiple tight ends or maybe they play a fullback or something he's playing like 55 60 percent of the snaps and he needs the volume to get there right he's not busting off 60 yard touchdowns so i just have a little bit of concern for renfro but in turn i'm actually kind of excited for josh jacobs which i don't know what that says about me but uh, yeah five drafts pretty clearly and lunder has got a question he says do you think Kenyon Drake can be the James White guy in a McDaniel's offense. I just don't think he has the same proto, like the same skill set as James White. So I would say no. I could be proven wrong, but I I wouldn't be touching Kenyon Drake, and I wouldn't even be shocked if they try to get another guy in to replace him for that James White role. But I think point. whether it's Drake or a, a, a rookie or something like that. I think whoever is behind Josh Jacobs has value because I I think that this offense is totally like we're, we're just saying we want to invest in it enough and we kind of like Josh Jacobs. So if Josh Jacobs goes down, which he seemingly does every single year, at least for a stretch, I think there's Mm -hmm. value in whether it's Drake or someone else. All right, let's get into one of, I think this is one of the more most interesting AFC teams. What is your Denver Broncos take? So the hardest part about the Broncos is how do you classify this? Because I want, I'm, I'm in like, mm-hmm. it's, there's not even a question. They're going to get a quarterback upgrade. What is the quarterback upgrade? Everybody is like wish casting Aaron Rodgers, right? To, well, let me, let to, me just interrupt you real quick because there is a report that they are going to offer Teddy Bridgewater a two-year contract. Oh my God. So I did see that, which blew my mind a little bit. That well, that definitely blows my mind because that seems like just next level willful incompetence. Like it's one thing to be incompetent and like not really know it. It's another thing to be like, yep, the Teddy, we're gonna do this Teddy thing again when we have all of these. And it's not even just that they have all this talent, right? So they locked up all of their talent, first mm-hmm. of all. Melvin Gordon is a free agent, but obviously Javante is back. Noah Fant and Alberto at tight end are locked up, and they extended. Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. And obviously um, KJ Hamler and Jerry Judy are under their rookie contracts still. So they have their entire offense is ready to freaking rock and roll, but they need a quarterback. And so the assumption and the same assumption I've been making all off season is that that quarterback upgrade is coming. It's, it's just, it's too obvious. It's, it's just way too obvious that this offense would insert some pick one. You know, I, I'm not saying it's Rodgers. It could be Russell Wilson. It could be Deshaun Watson. It, it could, could be some, Kyler Murray. 
Could be Kyle. Yeah, yeah. It could be if Kyler decides not to go play for the A's, maybe maybe <laughs> Kyler Murray makes his way out to Denver. But they're just such an obvious spot for all these guys. And and the market hasn't totally gone crazy on them yet. You know, Javante is expensive, but Judy is affordable, Sutton is affordable. Patrick and Hamler are free. Fant is still totally affordable. And so I think the market is going to go, you know, we're going to find out fairly quickly uh, what they do at quarterback. So um, stacks, but don't go out of my way, I guess is where I would put that just because of the, the awkwardness of the quarterback, but I'm definitely in on the Browns. Yeah. I was hoping we would be different on this one, but <laughs> they're secretly one of my favorite teams to be watching the ADP on and grabbing some of these guys. And I think, they are the current specific team to draft early for them. And the Eagles are the current specific teams to be drafting early for, because you can get, there's none, none of them are going other than Javonta Williams are going super early. So you can get any of the guys you want late and build your entire roster and then throw them in. And if that offense hits boom off to the races with that offense. So, with the rest of your team too. So I'm definitely stacks, but, and they, they are, they're probably going to end up in that top tier if they get a quarterback. Yeah. Um, I, I, and I think that's pretty easy to say at this point in time. So the division is amazing. Like chiefs, chargers, Raiders, like what more can you ask for if they, if they get a quarterback? Yep. So honestly, an interesting team this year is the Kansas city chiefs. Where are you leaning with the chiefs? So this is weird because I have, I've done, I'm closing like maybe 20 big board drafts, 15 or something like that, that I've, that I've done. I have like so little chiefs that that, that's kind of where my mind is going to when we start this, because it helps me think through Mm -hmm. how I'm attacking them. And like, I don't hate, it's like, I don't hate any of them but I think it's probably every five drafts because it, like, I don't hate any of them, but I don't, it was, it's kind of like the Patriots. Like this is a weird parallel, but it, it the, the <laughs> Patriots were the team where we were like, yeah, he, yeah Hunter Henry's fine. Damon Harris is fine. Kendrick Bourne is fine. Mac Jones, if I have to do it is fine. That's how I feel. Like Tyree kill in the late first is like, that's fine. You know, Travis Kelsey in the early second is fine. <laughs> You know, do I have like, uh, am I going to mix in a little CEH in the eighth or ninth round? I guess that's fine. You know, McCole Hardman, I guess, is, is is okay. But like, I know how good the, so it feels weird, but that's how I, I, I compare them very much to the Patriots. When I click them, I'm like, it's fine. I'll get my little bit of them. But I'm not like blown away, you know, like I'm more excited for the Broncos (laughs) than I am for the Chiefs, which it's just it it feels weird, but it's every five drafts. It's like whenever it makes sense to take them, I'll take them. But other than that, I'm not going out of my way for them. Yeah. And the problem with the Chiefs is the same problem with the Chiefs you have every year. They're they're way too expensive for their top three. You know, the big three is too expensive. If you're stacking the big three, you have to hope that you can hit Hill late first you gotta grab kelsey early second and then mahomes is third maybe he's fourth round right now so yep. you're dedicating 75 to 100 percent of your first three to four rounds to one team one team which is 
tough. And, you know, two, three years ago, it made sense for them. I can't do it now. And I want to do it. I want to do it, but I can't do it because because yep. I like money. <laughs> and and if you don't like money, 15% hill. Ethan says 15% hill or death. And it's like, I guess if I run bad in where I get pit, where I get my yeah. my draft slots, then yeah, but are you gonna are you gonna reach on Hill ever in the first round? You Why ever... would you reach on Hill when Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson are there? And you could last will... year. Yeah, you could right. Do it last year. Yes. Can't, right now, you can't do it. And we're so... gonna know about Devontae soon. We're gonna yep. know what's up with it. Like he could just be back in Green Bay with Rodgers. And are you gonna take Tyreek Hill over Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, or um, Jamar Chase? I'm not. Right. So you're not reaching for him anymore, like you could yep. last year. And he's never gonna fall to you either. So he's gonna he's like one of those guys that's gonna go what? He's either gonna go nine, ten, eleven, probably, maybe twelve, probably not, but somewhere in those four picks, he's always gonna go. Unless you're in like some batshit crazy draft where somebody, you know, is just doing weird stuff. Right. So you gotta, I don't know, man. I God, this is this is this is the video I make next week. But the Chiefs go one off maybe every five drafts and uh, insert circus music and put fucking clown noses on both of us because I was just gonna say turn this put the tent put the tent over top of us and put clown noses on our faces because you're like wait you're fading the fucking Chiefs you goddamn morons right and they're but... not they're not that expensive you know what I mean it's like what are you doing fading the Chiefs but like I, I don't know that's how I feel yeah so I'm with you man oh, God I hate it I hate it I gotta take a shower <laughs> after this stream just get ready for the next one yep all right so the pittsburgh steelers all right so i i because i actually hate the pittsburgh steelers it hurts for <laughs> me to say that fantasy wise i like the pittsburgh steelers because it's not it's not like denver on if they bring in a quarterback it's who they bring into quarterback right they have yep. to bring somebody in Right, and that guy is set up for success. Whoever comes into this team, he's he's got the the workhorse running back to to open up the game for him. He's got the wide receiver core, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. This team, they're going to lose Juju, but that's fine. Their top two studs are there. I'm probably it's tough to say stack, but don't go out of my way yet because we don't know who the quarterback is, but I'm going to go ahead and say stack, but don't go out of my way for the, for the Steelers now, because if I can get Claypool, Deontay Johnson, or any combination of them with Najee Harris. Oh, and let's not forget their tight end. Fryermuth. Fryermuth. Yep. I want two of these guys. And if I accidentally pick the quarterback before they drop, before they sign them, then boom, we're, we're golden. So I'm going to be nuts and I'm going to say, you know, stack, but don't go out of my way on the Steelers right now. I, I think I, I, I agree. I love the Chase Claypool ADP. I'm definitely mm-hmm. in on Friar Muth with a, had a great year last year. He's definitely a good football player. So you're not concerned about that. You're just concerned about kind of what the offense looks like. And honestly, can it really be worse? Like, I know I said that about the Jets and yeah, clip this one off too, because they'll have Mason Rudolph out there or whatever, but like, 
even then, how much can it really can it really be worse? And so, if, yeah, if they have if they have Mason Rudolph out there, I'm writing a letter to somebody. <laughs> I don't I don't know who, but we're gonna do Mason Rudolph in Pittsburgh. Are you? No, you can't. You can't I'm run Mason a, Rudolph after Big after this Big a, Ben. I'm not allowing it. It's not happening. I will. I will actively get on the phones with somebody, and I will complain. I will Karen the shit out of this offense <laughs> if they if they try to pull some Mason Rudolph bullshit out there. They can't do that in this division. They're gonna. They're gonna draft. They're gonna draft some. They, the rumors are how much they love Malik Willis, which which will be really bad actually for this year. He's an mm-hmm. upside upside project type of t- type of guy. But uh, I, I would guess that they would. I think they might do a Malik Willis and a Band-Aid veteran, you know, Teddy. I'm not saying they're going to have Teddy, but you know what I mean? A Teddy type of of guy, which, I mean, Teddy would be an upgrade over Big Ben. Like, I give me Deontay and uh, Chase Claypool and 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 Najee even if, if it's Teddy um, because he's just a lot better. I'd rather him. just give me Drew Locke, the guy who's just not scared <laughs> to throw it down the field. YOLO it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so – Anyways, all right. Ray, you got me I'm all Ravens. fired up. I'm all my blood pressure's up now because of this. <laughs> you're talking about they might run out Mason Rudolph. What is your Ravens take? My Ravens take is um, I think we're going to go one off in most drafts, and it is um, again a little bit ADP type of type of situation. I'm not particularly bullish on <laughs> paying the peak price for Mark Andrews. So um, as it stands right now, I'd probably be fairly underweight him, but the situation puts me really bullish on Lamar Jackson. And so Lamar's ADP hasn't budged. If anything, it's fallen a little Mm -hmm. bit. And now he has Bateman. He has Hollywood. He has Mark Andrews. Dobbins and Gus Edwards are going to be back. The offensive line was horrid last year and they don't need to spend any equity on the skill skill guys. So they're probably going to spend it on the offensive line. And so Lamar's going to be, and he fits in that. We talked about the fifth round, sixth round, how bad it is. We'll just drop Lamar right in there Fair. and take yeah. and, and take and take Lamar. You can stack him with Hollywood later. You can stack him with Bateman later. And I, I kind of like Gus Edwards. I was drafting a little bit of Gus Edwards last year. I know now he's coming off a, an injury, but I mean, if you watch the end of last year, like Devonta Freeman was popping off as a as an RB one for certain certain weeks, and then Latavius Murray was it week eighteen? Latavius Murray looks like you know, the second coming of, uh, you know, I don't know, Emmett Smith or something out there. He's just crazy, just dominating um, in their ground game. And so I just want exposure to this, this offense. And I think the prices are totally reasonable. So most drafts, I would say for, yeah, I I agree with everything in that. And I, I don't know what else to say about them other than their ADPs are great. Just like you said, Hollywood still, too cheap if we can just you know mail him a pair of hands he's gonna be a <laughs> yeah, top guy exactly. and and we're off to the races with him again so yeah one off of most drafts for sure and honestly honestly they they're almost stacked but don't go out of my way they're borderline they're they're the closest team probably out of this list to to go up right now mm-hmm. um just based on some of the adp stuff and like you said lamar fifth and then you can stack them with bateman or Hollywood and Andrews, I think is, I think Andrews is going to probably end up either staying right where he is or falling. I don't think he's going to get steamed like agreed, like where, where he's going to get higher. So yep, 
Cleveland. Um, Oof. I like I like Chubb's ADP right now. I'm going to be honest about that. I think Chubb in the third. I think I just got Chubb in the third mm-hmm. somewhere, and he was he was a borderline first rounder last year. He's he is the prototypical underdog back. You should be drafting him an underdog. You should have been drafting him last year an underdog, and I think he's the only one that saves them from being a full fade and makes it a one-off maybe every five drafts i don't have anything to say about the passing game because i don't like it yeah i don't have anything to add i think you can mix dpj in yeah like because he's so cost cost but but he's so he's so cheap and i think he's a talented enough player it's like what are we are we going to argue about 17th round player that's reasonably talented and has a path to to targets but other than that yeah i don't really have anything to add all right, where are you on the Bengals? So the Bengals, you're definitely going to have to scroll closer to the top here on the old on the old Bengals because uh, the Bengals might be a situ- like maybe the situation we should be most bullish on. Not necessarily just from a stacking and a, a best ball fantasy football perspective, but when you think about the Bengals, you have the franchise quarterback. That's like the hardest part of the whole situation. Then maybe the second hardest part of the whole situation is you have the superstar wide receiver, right? That's mm-hmm. done. Got that figured out. Now we also have, spoiler alert, maybe the best number two wide receiver in, in the NFL. And then we go right on down the list to one of the best number threes, if not the best number three. So we figured out all the entire skill group, and they've now played together. This will be the, the third year, next year. Mixon will be back. The coaching staff is back in place. They have one offensive flaw just one and they have no they, they have no reason to draft any other positions on the offense of course they could they could uh, invest in the defense a little bit but from a spending and free agency only thing they need to do is improve the offensive line it's the only thing that held them back from being a really heavy pass rate team and it's the only thing that held them back from when they were throwing from having more success than they probably could have had they are just a rocket ship as an offense in, in my opinion. And I know that Burrow has gotten a a whole lot more pricey and he's not, you know, this super high or super heavy rushing quarterback. Chase is in the first round. Higgins is in the third, blah, blah, blah. But I'm I'm putting them stacks, but don't give me death. I I don't care. I'm doing it. You can, you can, you can go crazy with uh, even like a freaking Tyler Boyd and, and Burrow stack. But I, I just don't see any reason why this offense is in a total rocket ship heading in to next year. And I understand draft cost and all of that, but like they're cheaper than the chiefs. I, I, I'm not really sold on why they should be cheaper, cheaper than, than, than the chiefs. Like I, I'm maybe more bullish on the Bengals. And so I, I, I like I said, I understand ADP, but I want the offenses that can go absolutely nuclear, obviously for the season. But like, if you get to the last week and you have a Burrow Chase Boyd stack, I guarantee you're going to feel good about it compared to look at all these other shitty teams that we thought. Are you going to feel good about Mac Jones to Jacoby Myers? No, you're not. Are you going to feel good about you know Wentz to to Paris Gamble? No. But if you have Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, you're going to feel pretty damn good in the championship of of a, a best ball tournament. So before I give my take on this, Boyd is definitely under contract with them, right? Yeah. That was the that was the one contract I meant to look up this week, and 
completely forgot to, because if he wasn't, I was pretty sure he would be gone. So I agree with everything you say. He is two more years. Oh, so then two more years. So that, that, that definitely helps because he'll be, he'll be too cheap. Uzoma is not, if, 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 if CJ Uzoma is moving the needle for you, he is not. (laughs) So here's my take. I'm going to look at the ADP on them because you're not going to like sneak up and get Jamar Chase anywhere other than the top, you know, five, six picks right now. That's where you have to get Jamar Chase. So he's, he's sailing already. Joe Burrow is going to go way higher than he should. Okay. Maybe not way higher than he should, but way higher than I would want to take him consistently. Agreed. T. Higgins is going to get steamed out the fucking ceiling this year. (laughs) Yeah. He got steamed last year. You thought last year T. Higgins got steamed? This dude is going to get steamed yet again because people don't want to give up on their takes, especially if it looked like they were right. So, T. Higgins, you're going to hear that name all freaking (laughs) They're going to be like, well, I couldn't get Jamar Chase in the first round. So, you know what I'm going to do, guys? I'm going to get T. Higgins in the third. And that's what I'm doing. So... You're going to see T. Higgins get steamed to like third round level. So now you're talking guys way, way, way out of where they were last year. Understandably so. But the main guys are going to be tough to get. And the only guy that's going to be even reasonable to get is going to be is going to be Tyler Boyd. Joe Mixon is even going to be too high. And so you're looking at guys going in each round for this team. You're probably looking at a first-round Jamar Chase, a second-round Joe Mixon. I bet a third-round T. Higgins. And then Joe Burrow is going to go, what What do you think, seventh probably, if he's not already? Yeah, higher. Probably Six. higher. Yeah. So, so would I love to stack this team and have them on give me stacks or give me depth, which is where we're going to put them because that's, that's you know, I'm going to give you this one. But for me, the Cincinnati Bengals – as currently stand ADP wise are one off maybe every five drafts because it is going to be impossible to draft this team. And you're not going to see many teams that have those T Higgins, uh, Joe Burrow, Jamar chase stacks that didn't sacrifice everything else to get them. Yep. And what are you putting around them? So yeah, we'll put them up to the top and I under, I understand everything you said on them, but for me, I'm I would love to. I just I can't see a, a a world right now where these teams aren't every single streamer, every single podcast, every single person steaming them out of the fucking moon. Like there's gonna be smoke signals on Mars for the Cincinnati Bengals by the time <laughs> we're done with this season. And 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 understandable, but at this point, I'm one off every five drafts just because of where they're gonna be going. Yeah, I can't even really argue with that. It is almost entirely just a, like, every sign points to this team being a team that we want. And so... They're going to be the darlings. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So so I have no... I have zero pushback on anything that you said, but they are, as of right now, right, we'll double back to this in Mm -hmm. a few months or whatever. And um, as of right now, they're they're still a team I want to try. I really want to try try to target and, and and maybe that won't work, right? Like you said, maybe you can't do it. But 
I just want uh, as of right now, that's that. My plan and I completely that. understand that. Like that's, I'm not knocking the Bengals by any means. I'm not trying to be contrarian on them. I just, I just think that it's just going to be so hard to get them is my whole thing. Like, yep. Uh, like, and I, and I personally, I cannot take chase and then take Higgins in the third and then hope to get burrow and, and then take him in the fifth or sixth. Yeah. What am I putting around them? So I just want to run through the board before we get out of here real quick. So we only had four teams on give me stacks or give me death. And I, I thought we would have more on the AFC side, but we have San Francisco, Dallas, Buffalo, Cincinnati, which I get all four of those teams. Yep. Stack, but don't go out of my way. We have three and three again. We have three AFC, three NFC. This is, this is weird. This was not planned. Um, Chicago, <laughs> Philadelphia and the Rams for the NFC side. And we have the Chargers, Broncos, Steelers for the AFC. Uh, one off in most drafts. We only have five teams in this level, which is Panthers, Lions, Seahawks, Jets, Baltimore. We're, we're going to get somebody's going to yell at us for this. And then we have 107 teams in the one off, maybe every five drafts, which is Falcons, Vikings, Giants, Washington, Cardinals, Patriots. Dolphins, Titans, Colts, Raiders, Chiefs, 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 and one off maybe every five drafts, and the Cleveland <laughs> Browns. And full fade, you idiots, is the Bucks, Saints, Packers, Texans, and Jaguars at the moment. So at the moment. And we have take, some conflicting stuff. Yes, of course. But quick, immediate gut take on this is obviously the chiefs people are not going to agree with the chiefs and that's okay Mm -hmm. uh but is the one-off in most drafts i think are are teams that uh most people would not agree with it's two of the worst teams maybe three if you put the panthers in there three of the worst teams in the nfl shit the seahawks weren't that far better weren't that much better than some of the worst teams in the nfl i think the raven most people would understand the ravens but it's a lot of kind of bad teams but bad teams with exciting players right right that that's kind of where it ended up being like look dj moore and christian mccaffrey are and robbie anderson are on this team deandre swift and amon ross st brown right elijah moore dk metcalf blah 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 there's a lot of good players but the bad teams that end up being there, which I also think makes sense that the very top was the offenses that you're like, what teams are going to absolutely blow shit up in, in 2022. And it's like, uh, yeah, those are probably the four offenses uh, that I'm, that I'm thinking about. Right. You could maybe throw the Rams in there and I guess the chiefs chargers, but the chargers is just kind of a, they have so many free agents type of type of situation. They would be the one team that, you know, like we said, that could to really rise up there. But I think it, I think it makes sense. It's a lot. It come, kind of from the top down. It is, it is the best teams, and then some hybrid of the like most exciting teams in ADP, and then kind of like the best players on shitty teams, and then right. a bunch of, and then a bunch of like you just shrug your shoulders and say meh, like, yep, yeah. Like, maybe yes. these teams have a couple guys that I like, but that's about it. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I mean, there's some teams that. I think we're going to come back in four months and this board's going to be completely different. And that's the fun part of it because we're drafting in the meantime. So this is relevant to the, to the relation that, you know, all of us sickos are drafting teams right now. And this board is relevant right now. And then when we redraft, it'll be relevant again to see like how much things have changed. 
and it might help you change what your draft strategy is going to be going forward. And then when we do it at the end of the year for fun, just to see how stupid we really were, <laughs> it, it's even better because everyone, you know, you know, circus music again, cues up, we throw some clown nose, noses on and yeah, we here at spike week, we take accountability for our taste. <laughs> We're not going to sit here and just say, oh, you know, variants. We're going to say here and say, no, we got it wrong. But guess what? When I get it right, all of you are going to know. I'm going to send out <laughs> postcards to everybody. You're going to you're going to get confetti in it. And we're going to I'm going to fucking throw it out there that I got it right. But when I got it, when I get something wrong or when Eric gets something wrong, we're going to we're going to take accountability for it. And I think that is one thing that is missing a lot of times in streams. Everyone will, or not just streams, but in and anything that we do is people just not it, they're they're quick to say they did something right, but they're quick to blame variants when they're wrong. Oh yeah, and that's not everybody, but that is it is it is a trend that I see across the industry as I get blackballed from everybody's <laughs> show. <laughs> right <laughs> uh yeah no this was fun this was this is uh I, everybody should do something like sim- at least similar to this because it it helps you i think uh, uh it's very thought thought provoking even though we're kind of you know fucking around and joking around a little bit um it kind of helped me actually frame frame some of my thoughts so now you have to for next week as we get out of here you got to come up with another something something new and fun uh, to hold ourselves accountable to, to maybe like pre NFL draft takes or something. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll come up with something. I have the whole week off and I, yeah, there you go. And I, uh, we'll just be sitting here putting together videos that make me or Eric look bad <laughs> because that's seems to it's be the direction easy. I go. <laughs> yeah. That, that's where your head goes. And it's also incredibly <laughs> low hanging fruit. Yeah. Well, you know, that's that's what I like, the low-hanging fruit. So yeah. Uh anything you want to talk about? Anything you want to hit on before we leave? It's been nope. A I'm while. good. Nope. All right, everyone. I'm good. Well, thanks for everyone for joining us on the Spike Week football show. Gonna still work on that name, but until next week, I've been Rob, that's Eric, and we will talk to you again. <laughs>